are back with the Hubscale podcast, where we dive into the minds of security leaders all around the world. This week, we have the founder, chairman, and CEO of CloudSec, Rahul Sassi. It's great to have you on the show, Rahul. Uh, thanks for having me, Leo. You know, we'd love to see how this goes. <laughs> yeah, no problem at all. Well, I guess for everybody who doesn't know Rahul, uh, could you give a quick introduction to yourself? Yeah, so um, I've been a, a cybersecurity entrepreneur for almost seven years, seven plus years now. Uh, my background is, well, I I quit my engineering to do cybersecurity job full time. And, and that's because in my college, they, was, they were not allowing me to do a six month internship uh, outside um, outside the campus and I thought I thought it was important for me to do cybersecurity that day than spend another six months in college. Uh, one of my beliefs at that point of time was that if you want to be something uh, today, you have to act on it today. Right? For me, all the four years or three and a half years I studied was to become a good cybersecurity engineer. And I didn't see a reason to wait for what I wanted to. Um, so yeah, so I quit my engineering I went work for this company. This company was called iSight Partners. Uh, now it's called it's part of Mandian and which is part of Google Cloud, by the way. Um, worked with them for quite some time. Um, you know, uh, while working with them, you know, I kept doing what I was good at, which was publishing research papers in cybersecurity. That got me as an invited speaker to almost twenty-five plus countries. Uh, so I traveled around the world, met all these folks. So I, I, I came from a middle-class family, a small village. So in my notion, I had this belief that great products always come from, you know, certain countries, right? Um, but when I met all these people, I understood that, you know, people all around the world are the same, you know, the successful people are same as you, right? Um, so what make the difference is the actions you take. So that boosted my confidence. And then and somewhere in 2015, we founded the company uh, bootstrapped the company for many years. Um, then we raised funding, and today we are close to we're touching close to two hundred people. Um, you know, more than one fifty customers all around the world. Um, yeah, so that's 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 how it is. Yeah, I remember talking last time, Rahul. It was a it's a really exciting journey that you've been on. Um, expansion all over the world, closing two hundred people worldwide. It's a it's a super exciting journey, and this is why I'm really excited to dive into a little bit more about this today. So, just tell me about CloudSec then in a little bit more detail. Yeah, so I mean, the the, the way we look at our company is, um, you know, we are into the business of uh, uh, protecting cyber threats now. You know, to predict anything, it's not it's not uh, science fiction. It's actually science. Um, if you look at today, we can accurately predict rain. How do we predict rain? We pass the data of rain through a mathematical model, which tells us accurately how much it will rain. That's very similar to what we do in the company. We build unique data sets, cybersecurity, and then we build unique models and algorithms, and we combine these two things together to make cybersecurity predictions, which tells us who could be the next target, why are they the next target, right? Uh, we call them intelligence in a way, but th that this is what we provide uh, to our customers. Intelligence on cyber threats that could impact them, very contextual, right? Very specific to things that could impact them and make or break their business. That's what we provide. Yeah. 
No, it's super exciting. It's definitely a, definitely a space that's obviously growing and, and needed within the security realm. Um, I, I want to touch on a point you mentioned uh, earlier, Rahul. Um, obviously, you mentioned about when you was kind of growing up in the, in the security realm, you thought that only companies could come from certain regions. Um, only companies could come from the US, Silicon Valley, places like that. So tell me, tell me what it's been like building a security company um, internationally. So I think, so we, we still have a lot of challenges, by the way, right? I mean, you do know that, right? Um, there are great watches that still come from Germany um, or, or in the US, but the Swiss watches have a certain, um, has a certain demand and a certain reputation. That doesn't necessarily mean there are other places in the world that are not good watchmakers, right? So very similar is our situation, right? And you know, even if you're building great products, there is a challenge in the market to accept, you know, certain good products which would come from a region. And I think that has been our um, our primary struggle. But I I don't think that struggle will be long because the minute you see people people evaluate quality based on how they experience the product, right? So the minute we are in front of a customer and demonstrate what we have to offer, we have seen be able to close on those deals. So, so yes, we have a big challenge, right? Um, but I don't think that challenge is, um, um, you know, is difficult to solve. We're solving it and uh, we're seeing success in that. Yeah. Well, 150 customers worldwide, uh, attracting 200 people to the business. I'm, I'm pretty sure you're doing a, a great job of that, Rahul, as well, which is which is pretty awesome. Um, and that kind of takes us on to, to that, that, that step about what does it take to be a good CEO, and especially building a company internationally, maybe coming into a few more roadblocks than, say, other vendors. Um, so what does it take to be a good CEO? Yeah, so I'm, I recently did a, I, I also do a podcast, you know, I mean, and recently I had Steve Wozniak, uh, the Apple co-founder, um, um, you know, whom, who was not in my, in, in my podcast. And uh, one question I asked him was this, right? What does a good CEO do? And I think I align with what he said, you know, I, I personally align with it. A good CEO's job is to take care of what is the core of the business, Right. What is the core of the business? If you're a product company, that product is the core of your business. If you're a service company, that service is the core of your business, right? Ensuring that you understand what whom you cater the core to. That means in our case, we are scattering to enterprise customers. So then you're building a culture around your company to ensure that your core business or the core product is taken care is absolutely the most important aspect of the CEO. Now, and in and see what's next this way, you know, Apple One computer was built by him, right? That was his, you know, job as a CEO. The iPhone, which Steve was Jobs launched, you know, it was Steve Jobs understanding about the consumers, which helped them succeed there, right? So any product. Whom does it cater to? Understanding that consumers, understanding that market, making sure you're doing everything right 
to cater to that market would be what a good CEO's job would be. So in that perspective, setting up the right culture, setting up the right people, setting up the right set of investors, all are like, you know, activities to support um, the core objective. Yeah, no, I, I, I love that. I love that. And it, I've even found that um, we're a service-based business, right? A recruitment service-based. And I've, I've already found that it's just focusing on making that process the best process that, that can be possible um, and hiring the right people as well to, to to obviously filter into our kind of mission and goal. And so what, what is your what is your mission and goal, Rahul, as you as you move forward? See, I mean, you know, the way we see this is right. I mean, I, I personally believe computers are going to be far more powerful in the future, right? And I think computers would be making a lot of decision. When I say a computer is making so much decision, the ability to manipulate these computers will have catastrophic effects on, on the community or, or the people. So I see a future where machines are going to be far more superior and we need far more superior machines to defend them. So now imagine a superior machine getting in the hands of a bad guy, right? They can do bad things. So we need good machines to defend these bad machines. And I believe everything we do, because we are a cybersecurity company, everything we do is in a way impacting even today, people and and lives, right? If, if you look at the number of incidents we resolved, the number of people who, if you would have acted on those incidents which we found, the number of people who would have lost their money, hard-earned money, would have been far more significant. While we acted on it, right? We work with almost, um, you know, 20 plus banks, right? Our actions working with those banks saved hundreds of people their hard-earned money. While they might not know about it, that impact it has created is much higher. There are people whose, um, you know, KYC and uh, PII informations were getting leaked, which are again used for further scams. The amount of incidents we prevented from that happening is also far more higher, which would all result in people having a, you know, people having a good day because of us, while they would not know about us, right? This, I think, is our mission, right? I mean, make sure our work is impacting the society in a very positive way. And, and building a technology which can do it much more efficient, right, for the future is what I think our mission is. Yeah. No, I, I, I love that. I really do. And I think it's, um, it's key to have a mission and, and it's obviously to help people all around the world, not just, uh, not just in certain areas. I, I think it's an amazing, amazing mission to drive towards really do Rahul. Um, and I guess, I guess that mission, a mission statement always helps attract people to the business, right? Um, you need everybody to be bought into a vision, bought into the same mission of helping people as well. So when you've grown this business from, from zero bootstraps, bootstrapping from the early days to nearly 200 people, how are you attracting these people to the business? See, the, the very first days, it was difficult, right? I mean, it was extremely difficult because um, I'll also tell you one thing which worked for me was before I started the company, I had a certain reputation because of all the researches I did, you know, my public profile used to be there. So there are a lot of people who knew me, not so much, but still people who knew me. So the early set of people who joined me knew me in 
knew my work some way or the other. But I, I keep saying, it is not about you as a founder. It is actually about the people who joined you the initial days, which makes or breaks the company. Because while you have a mission and objective, you are a high risk in front of the society, right? The perception of risk kind of reduces when the first person joins you. Now people are like, well, yeah, this guy joined, you know, so it is not as risky as I think it is. Now the second person joins, it further reduces the risk, you know, it gives confidence. Now it's no more risky, it's more confident, right? I mean, look at these, look at these other two smart people who have joined and that means something is going on, right? So as, as then you keep adding more and more people, the perception outside is just drastically changing. Now people, you know, we get hundreds of submissions every day, people writing heartfelt messages on why they want to join CloudSec. You see, it changes, you know, it changes over time. But like I said, it's always about the first people who joins you, right? That makes the difference. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree with that more. We're, we're going through that process right now where we're six people, right? Um, it's uh, going through that exact process about attracting the right people, especially at the beginning to the to the organization. And you mentioned something earlier about the brand. And obviously your your brand, your your kind of personal profile on, on LinkedIn, you've got a lot of followers. How has that helped throughout the time? Uh, it's actually very helpful when it comes to, uh, I think it's helpful in B2B as well as B2C. Um, you know, see, the way I look at it is that, you know, you are actually, see, in the end, a business is a business buy from a trusted business or a person buys from a trusted person. Now, how do you, how do you, how do you set up that trust, right? Trust can only be, you know, how, how do two people trust each other? Two people trust each other when they see values and ideologies matching. Uh, trust is Establishment, two people believe that the other person will honor and value, you know, what you discuss. And you can build these things if you have a strong public profile as well, right? And, and that way, you're actually telling the masses in a way that you're not an unknown person, you're a trusted person, trusted by X number of people because of your actions. And these followers didn't come because, you know, these follows came because of an action. And I particularly focus on one action. I always think, what can I do for the cybersecurity community? Every action I do, whether it is a post, whether it is a whether it is a, a charity service, we recently donated um, an amount to the family of a cybersecurity professional who lost their life to cancer. Wow. Right? Um and we've been doing this. We've pledged a percentage of our revenue to cybersecurity professionals who have been having difficult times. So the point I'm trying to make is our actions and my thought process is always to do what is right for the community. And because I've been doing right for the community, a bunch of people trust me, a bunch of people follow me, right? And those people have always contributed positively to our business. You know, there's actually internally, we even have a tracker, which says that this lead came from Rahul's LinkedIn follower, right? And and it has been very successful that way. Um, though I sometimes think I'm not doing enough, uh, but, but it is very helpful that way.
Yeah, no, I, I think it's awesome. And look, I'm 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 on the way to trying to build a brand like yours as well, Rahul. I think um, ends the podcast and, and some of the posts that I do as well. So it's actually quite inspirational, to be fair, because um, you are doing a lot for the community. You're helping people whilst building a business as well, um, and being a yet yeah, being the CEO of a business as well. So no hats off to you. It's a, it's an amazing it's an amazing accomplishment that you've achieved through these years. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think the way we the way I would always look at it is that, you know, well, you can be happy about what you have achieved. You know, you should never be sad, but it's always about what more you can do, right? So it's it's a, you know, but being an entrepreneur, it's always a pleasant and unpleasant situation. Pleasant because yeah, well, you've done so much, but you're always thinking about what more you can do, which always keeps you in an unpleasant situation as well. I think the balance is what. You know, uh, the balance is what I think a right entrepreneur would need. You know, um, but, but I think you know, I think, and everyone will go through that stage. Yeah, no, no, I think it's I think it's really cool. I do, and um, the journey that you've been on, the the stuff that you're doing is is pretty cool, Rahul, as well. So I guess um, just switching it back to a little bit more in the the business side, um, I think this t- kind of ties in really with with the brand and everything on those lines as well. But creating a strategy worldwide, um, I always like to ask this question because I think everybody has different opinions. Um, but how do you create a global go to market or global strategy, um, to kind of go after the customers that you need? Yeah. So, like I said, right, and our our thought process always have been in what do we do today that will help the cybersecurity community. And when we reach out to customers, we always reach out with a gift. And I say gift, it would be a report which should help them positively resolve a critical incident which they never knew about. I can talk about very specific incident. Recently, uh, we reported something to Adidas, right, and they fixed it. So that that's the reason I can talk about it. We have this free tool called BVigil, right? What BVigil does is it'll give you the security score of any app which is installed on your phone. So with the power of BVigil, I could really search for any company that has a security impact today. So we recently reported something to Adidas where in the Adidas app, they have an app which you can buy, they can shop Adidas merchandise. Um, they had hard-coded their Salesforce API key inside the app. Now, what that means is with that API key, it's like a password to their Salesforce infrastructure. You can read any transaction. That means anyone made a purchase on the Adidas app, the attacker could know about it, including the PII data and to what they purchased, right? And and we were able to see all those data, obviously, which we reported to Adidas. Um, you know, Adidas team was very fast in resolving this, um, remediating it. So, you know, while, so this is our gift, right? You know, we gift them something. And, and uh, you know, sometimes it's a gift. Um, you know, sometimes they gift us back. Um, sometimes they don't. Um, but this has been our approach. Um, and with the capability of our technology, we would know at this point of time, every company in the world who has an issue, which they might not know. With the capability of the data sets we have built, we have this enormous power to knowing things which absolutely no one else would ever know. That is our superpower, and that's what we leverage to, um, you know, establish our global presence. Yeah, 
No, it's super exciting. It really is. And I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to watch uh, CloudSec uh, grow over the coming years and expanding into new regions and, and, and taking on taking on the world role. So no, I appreciate you coming on the podcast, really do. And we've dove, dove through a lot of topics, but I always like to leave with one question. Um, it's kind of a, it's kind of a selfish question. I always like to find this out myself, but if you had to go back to the early days of your career, what would you tell yourself? Um, so I think my confidence level, you know, on every stage keeps getting better. I don't think I was as confident as I was today, seven years back. Well, well, I knew I wanted to build something. I was a huge risk taker, that much I know. But the confidence is like, well, you know, well, see, it's an uncertain thing, right? I mean, you don't know what you don't know, for sure. But then I would go back and say that, don't worry, you know, you would be able to do things. And whatever things you think is risky, just go ahead and do it. Because, you know, well, yeah, I mean, well, you don't know the outcome, but it'll still be, it'll be still better than not trying some of those things, right? So I'm saying, I'll just go back and say, be more confident, you know? Um, and I would, I think I'll, I think I'll keep telling this, which is what I would say. Yeah, I think I think sometimes some one's own confidence or one's own um, personality can sometimes actually get in the way of of being successful um, or whatever successful means these days. But yeah, no, I I love that I love that part um, and and the topic there, which is really good, which is really good, Rahul. So um, no, appreciate appreciate you coming on the podcast. Uh, thank you for all the insights today, and um, yeah, looking forward to seeing seeing the next couple of years with Cloud Second yourself. All right, thanks, Elliot. Thank you.